Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Free and Thick. Free and figuring it out. Thank you so, so much for joining us. I'm going to jump straight back in with what I'm figuring out this week, which has been I need to have some things to do in the evening. I've been saying for a while I feel that life doesn't feel particularly real. And I've been trying to work out what that means. And in the first instance, I thought if I try and get out a bit more, <laughs> that might help. But not just getting out randomly. I was like, I think I'd need some things to come like actually commit to so I have been looking at going to pole dancing which I'm super excited about so I did pole dancing maybe I think I actually worked out it must have been like six or seven years ago like I remember me and my two friends did like we got like some group on deal and did like 10 sessions or whatever and then pole dancing can in London it's quite expensive like yeah normally. so um God bless group honey <laughs> I really enjoyed like I really enjoyed it um I thought it was great like it's so so challenging and I actually remember a friend um when we was in our third year so I did dance for my degree I had a friend whose um dissertation was around like um if you take poles out of the club and like actually put them into a studio what does it does it change is it an art form etc mm. and she did her final piece those five girls that did the final um practical and they were all like and these were these were dancers that we danced every single day at that time because we was at uni in class every day and they were all like this is so hard <laughs> so I was just like if it like that just proved just how challenging it was so um I think it's like a great bit of exercise as well as doing some fun you know I'm, I'm sure what I'm, I'm never going to be actually like with my heels on the pole because just try and get up the pole it's hard enough but I'm excited and so there's a few of my friends I've like messaged and been like come let's go so I think I'm going to start in like September but I think it'll be like a nice like autumn something to finish work of the day and then go out and like have something to look forward to and have something in my diary because my poor diary feels like it's been a waste of money I look at it it's just like sitting there like nobody loves me quite different from your London diary say two years ago so so didn't have a spare second in it for most of the time yeah it's funny isn't it um, well, that sounds fun. Let us know how you get on. Um, I've never done it. I think I'm scared of falling on my head, but I'd like to do everything up until that point, and they're then not, I wouldn't want to fall. You're on not going to have to do an inversion. an invert where you go upside down. So it's called an inversion. You inversion. You wouldn't do an inversion in like any beginners. I think it's, it's probably like an intermediary thing. I've been to. Okay. Yeah, you. They're not going to make you do that. You have to be know that you can hold yourself up. The first challenge is getting up the pole in the first place. <laughs> Get that core engaged. Well, it sounds fun. I think, and I think we all need to release, like, let off steam in some way. And I think that sounds like a really great way of doing it. So good luck. Thank you. I'll report back. <laughs> yes, do. Um, I've been figuring out this week, salespeople. <laughs> I have a love, as, as most of you know, me and Shirella, like our careers are, is marketing and I have a bit of a love-hate thing with salespeople because often people sometimes think that marketing includes sales, which yes, indirectly it does, 
but I also have to point out to people a lot that I am the worst salesperson in the world. Like I absolutely hate doing sales. If ever a job has involved that, I'm like, I can't, I just, no, I'm hopeless. Like I just can't do it. And I think it's a real skill. And I think, um, you know, part of me really commends a salesperson for having that incredible talent. However, recently I've had a couple of instances where I've sort of been victim to a salesperson really being the chatty chatty charmer and not disclosing all information which has then caused me a little bit of stress and headaches down the road I'm just a little bit sick of it if I'm honest so um it was just an incident with with one item where I sort of asked an outright question and I now realize I was told about 50% of the answer which has now caused me And I think there's an art to it in terms of sometimes not disclosing some information that won't really matter because whatever. And But when someone asks you a direct question for a really important reason and then you don't get told the full information, it's when I start hating a little bit on Mm -hmm. salespeople. And I don't want to, but I don't like being misled. Yeah. Um, and I suppose what I'm figuring out is where where is that fine line? <laughs> like, where do you um, become very good at your job at selling things, hitting your targets, etc.? And when does it become that the ways that you do that is to misinform or not inform um, or manipulate or even lie? And yeah, I just. I hate being victim to things like that. It just becomes so exhausting. And just recently I've had a couple of things and I'm just a little bit like, I just want to trust people. Mm. You know, I think that's the hardest thing. You just want to trust people. And then when things like this happen to you, this is when you start becoming cynical. And then you think, is this how women become cynical old women? Because all these (laughs) things just keep happening and they just think, oh, forget it. I'm just not going to trust anyone anymore. I'm just going to look at life so cynically so I don't get hurt it's yeah so that's what I'm sort of figuring out and it's also why then some good salespeople get really bad names and I think mm. that is annoying because it really tarnishes the industry as a whole because people do tactics that they shouldn't do in order to get the sale so it's a shame yeah mm. yeah it is so yes that's my figure now <laughs> well this week I have been watching more trash tv I feel like I don't know what's happened to me recently, honestly. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> I just, I have watched some, si- I mean, I think COVID kicked it off. It's just, yeah. I've had to spend, You are recovering from COVID, like give yourself, yeah. Yeah, I've had to just break. give myself a break and just actually just be like, you need to spend a bit more time lying down. <laughs> the, yeah. my, I do that watching apparently trash TV. So um, this time I watched 27 Dresses. <laughs> Woohoo! Catherine Heigl, is it? I mean, I'm not going to know who it is. Come on, it's me. Um, (laughs) And if you've never heard of it, it's basically a woman that has been a bridesmaid 27 times, but she keeps all of these dresses in a closet. And I love it. There's the scene where the guy's like, this is New York. Like how much space, how much is that space costing you? (laughs) 
was like, oh yeah, it's New York. It's like, this is prime real estate that you're stuffing with all these old dresses. Um, and it, it, you know, it did for me, there's the, like the woman's like, always a, bri- always a bridesmaid, never the bride, that phrase. And I was just a bit like, you know, I'm definitely one of those people I'm like, how many more friends, weddings are we going to go to? When's it going to happen? Um, so it's just a funny, uh, like, so I felt for her as the character and stuff, but actually it's just, again, another bit of just like, I don't know if it's 90s or is it 90s? Do you think it's 90s? I, I oh. Or was it noughties? I'm going to look. Okay, what, what year are you guessing? I don't know. <laughs> no, but guess it, come on, this is a little game. Okay, maybe like 2002. 2008. Oh, wow. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So it was noughties. I find noughties quite hard to gauge in terms of like, because the fashion, I hope you like, you know, when you watch films at 90s, you can normally tell from the clothes, but noughties mm. for some reason, I don't seem to be as, it doesn't stand out as much in my head. Like this is what people wore at that time or like, you can, like mm. I can't pinpoint it as much. But yeah, so obviously it's over 10 years old. But um, yeah, if you're, it's a, just a nice, nice little Sunday film that I watched in the rain. Um, got me thinking about will I ever put a bridesmaid? Will I ever put a wedding dress on? I am going to be a bridesmaid this year as well, so I think that's why I thought I need to find that dress. So I've lost that bridesmaid dress. I don't know where it is. It's all right. I've told the bride. It's okay. I told the bride. I was really honest. I was like, you know how I moved house like five times. Yeah, I don't know where the dress is. I need to find that. So I've definitely got like wedding season in the head right now. So that's what I watched. Oh well, I remember when I watched that a few years ago. I ended up like so being inspired by it, and I had certain dresses in my life that sort of either reminded me of moments or Ooh. occasions and I've put them all in a bag oh. so I've got them all in a bag it's somewhere like in my bedroom somewhere and you just reminded me of that that I've got all these dresses that the minute I see them I'll be like oh yeah that was for that and that was for that I don't know if I'll keep them forever but I just I didn't want to part with them and so yeah so I sort of took inspiration I mean that, so I, I keep hold of everything so I don't need any encouragement to keep hold of anything no, don't <laughs> There'd be a hoarder. <laughs> um, so I have been reading a book. Well, I've I've got about seven books on the go, which drives Sherelle insane, but it's just the way my head works. Um, it's called How to Do Nothing, Resisting the Attention Economy by Jenny O'Dell. Um, I actually bought this. I'm gonna show Sherelle the cover because it's quite pretty. It's beautiful. I actually bought this in lockdown. Um because I think I was thinking how can I live a life of I don't know calmness or and trying to understand and the thing is like um it was one of uh, Barack Obama's favorite books mm. so I was like okay if it's good enough for him like let's see what what's in this and she um she is a teacher at Stanford and you know uh, really kind of highly acclaimed started reading it and I could not get into it it wasn't really what I was expecting it felt very highbrow and I don't think I was expecting that I was thinking it would be maybe a bit more self-helpy or whatever so I put it down and it's just been on the shelf and then recently with this whole I spoke about it a few episodes ago the fact that I want to come off social media for probably at least six months um and I don't know it just felt a bit more aligned to pick up again 
and so I started reading it and I'm, I'm kind of like two thirds of the way through now and I suppose the reason I wanted to talk about it is the most interesting point about it and this is the battle that I think I will have for the rest of my life is there is a choice as a privileged white woman for me to step away from it all for me to go I don't want Facebook I don't want Instagram I don't want you know I'm just going to do this as a job but then what am I stepping away from by doing that and the reason I say this is as a marketer and as someone who is aspiring to maybe change career and work more I don't know within the world of global issues or social issues or whatever it may be it's like I see social media as a way for me to understand people okay and I sometimes think if I take my if I remove myself from that for my own benefit to save my own sanity am I losing out on understanding the person on the street in a way that I could never really have at my disposal so easily Mm. um and I like I say it stems from being a marketer because that's the foundation of everything we do to understand the person that we're trying to talk to but then now thinking about a possible like future career like am I going to lose um a really powerful information um platform that can help me connect and empathize with the person that I'm trying to help or or hold space for whatever it may be so it's really interesting it's very entwined with philosophy um with sort of uh, she talks about cults and communities and and it's a real mismatch of everything to do with like the attention economy so it's mm. yeah if that's something you're interested in definitely pick it up I wouldn't say it's easy going like I'm I'm slowly getting myself through it um but it's making me think a lot about I think I thought well fine I'll just remove myself from all these things that I don't want to be part of but is there a reason why they need to have a point in my life so yeah and for someone like me that really struggles to do nothing do you think it will help (laughs) I feel like the title's misleading okay I actually don't think it's anything to do with how to do nothing what would the new title be? <laughs> oh. um, something like understanding how to live in 2021 or something. Okay. Like about getting that balance about, um, but from, I suppose, in a sense, quite a theoretical point of view. She is an artist by nature. That's her background. Um, but obviously a well really well educated one I mean the sort of thing she talks about I'm like googling like who's this like Greek philosopher never heard of him and stuff so um so yeah so it's it's like you know she discusses different chapters and she talks about you know the impossibility of retreat things like that like how yes we can go away for three days into a log cabin with no uh, <laughs> wi-fi or you know but then there's always reality they're waiting for us and yeah. it, it's like just it's just areas like that so um 
I think I'd really rather focusing on the title, I'd focus on the subtitle, which is resisting the attention economy. Okay. And whether that's something that interests you as a as a subject area. So yeah. right. no, I am interested because I think um, you know, I a few weeks ago I talked about figuring out TikTok and it has sucked me in. And that's a classic example of um that I haven't it's the first time in a while that I've actively realized how much I've got sucked into something and it's burning my time. Right. So, yeah, like it's definitely got me. So that's a really interesting one about yeah, how not to get sucked into everything where everyone is trying to get our attention 24 seven. Yeah. So thank you very much. Now I have been reading how to own the room women and the art of brilliant speaking by Viv Groskop. Um, and this is the second book I read by Viv and now I've forgotten what her first one was called, but I really liked her style. Like I just found it really, really easy, entertaining, um, book to read. But the reason why I particularly like this one is it's about speaking. And I think, being able to confidently speak makes a massive difference to women. I think it absolutely for your career, for your business, when you, once you are capable of speaking confidently, it makes a huge, huge difference. And I know like I, you know, I think I'm still quite, I was about to say I was afraid of public speaking. I think I still am really afraid of public speaking. And you would have hoped by making videos and having a podcast and doing stuff would get a bit better, but I don't really know. I'm not had to do it for a while, but I think I probably would be still just as scared. But just because we're scared doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. And what I really like about this book, though, is um, that Viv uses different examples. So the chapters are themed by different women. So there's one that's like about talks about like Michelle Obama, ones by Amy Cudder, Virginia Woolf, Oprah, and this is really this idea of like. How do you find your style? And I think that really like suits me at the moment. Like I've been having so many conversations with people. I'm like, with everything, it's not just about copying someone. It's like really understand yourself. And I think that's why I'm always telling people like, do the journaling prompts, do the personal development work, read the books, do the quizzes, all that stuff. Because the more you know about you, then you can try and find an approach that's suitable, that doesn't freak you out, that you can actually maintain. And so this book is a really like great example of actually like okay here's some different women here's how they approach it here's how they're all great in their own way but actually so maybe you are someone that's quieter maybe you do want to use personal stories maybe you're someone that like you know is you how you use the stage is how it's going to be impactful or whatever like but really looking at the different ways so if you are someone that has to speak obviously it's a great one but even if you're someone who's been avoiding it actually I'd really challenge you to say grab a copy um, and try and just work out a little bit more about what your speaking style is because I don't think you have to make a massive difference in your confidence of speaking to actually make a real difference in the, like your career or your work. Yeah and public speaking is normally used as that example of when people are scared of things isn't it like it's normally yeah. comes up constantly as, as the thing and uh and I think with cancel culture at the minute, that's something that scares me a bit now about, you know, gosh, what if I say the wrong thing? Like there's some things I've said on this podcast and I think, you know, should I, you know, could someone be like cancelled? And I think that's an extra element that we have to deal with in 2021. But I think having that confidence of what your style is will mean that you then deliver exactly what you want to say isn't it so that sounds really really interesting thank you um 
So I watched a film, uh, I think it's been on like Netflix and Prime free for ages and I've had it on my list and I've never watched it. And then it was on the BBC the other night and I've mentioned this before, but I'm always looking for things to watch with my mum that don't have sex in them. So um, it's called Green Book. Um, and basically, it's based on a true story, which I did not realise until the end of the film. Um, but the sort of uh, summary of it is uh, Dr. Don Shirley is a world-class African-American pianist who is about to embark on a concert tour in the Deep South in 1962. In need of a driver and protection, Shirley recruits Tony Lip, a tough-talking bouncer from an Italian-American neighbourhood in the Bronx. Despite their differences, the two men soon develop an unexpected bond while confronting racism and danger in an era of segregation. And so, you know, you've you've got this stereotypical Italian-American, you know, like stocky guy, he's a bouncer in a club and, and the club closes for refurb, so he needs work for a few months. Then you have this very um, non-stereotypical black man who is extremely well-spoken well-educated trained in classical music doing everything he can to not be the stereotypical black man that he has been raised to to believe is a stereotypical black man like if anything avoiding it like doing Mm. everything he can um there's a there's a uh a scene where their car breaks down um, and there's a cotton field opposite and there are black people in the field working and you can see he looks at them with a loss of connection to that heritage that he has because he's worked so hard to not be that and it and so you're constantly feeling that battle that he's going through and he then says it at one point in the film, he says, I'm not white, but I also don't feel black. Mm-hmm. And it's this, um, I suppose, battle for him to um, make a better life from himself. But because of that, he has to step away from his culture and heritage because it's in a world where, like the summary says, there is segregation. You know, he plays at um, a white man's house. He goes to go to the toilet. And the gentleman says, oh, yeah, uh, your toilet's just outside in the shed. And he's like, I've just literally just sat on that piano and played for you. And I just need the toilet. And he refused. He said, I'm not going in that shed. He said, well, you'll have to go back to your hotel and use the toilet there. So they did like an hour round trip for him to go back to the hotel, use the toilet and come. And there's all this, you know, you think you're like, good on you. And at the same time, oh, my God, how exhausting must that be to do to battle that every single day? There's instances um, of homosexuality in it as well. So, you know, already a black man in America and then um, added queerness to that. And, you know, this Italian-American driver is... uh, starts off um basically being racist you know the first few scenes we see him um being racist to um black men come to fix like the dishwasher or sink or something the wife offers them drinks of lemonade they drink it and he throws the glasses in the bin and so it's just about this friendship and um I think if if it wasn't a true story you may think this is really playing 
on opposites and stereotypes and stuff but to see that it, it was a true story and that these two men had a a lifelong friendship um just really really beautiful really beautiful story um educational about segregation especially in the deep south in the early 60s um yeah really recommend it green book mm, sounds really good I always I always like it when a film is also based on a real story that's mm. my favorite type of film <laughs> yeah that's yeah. good well thank you very much for sharing that and before we all leave I'm gonna give a life prompt now everyone's gonna be like I'm gonna read this book I'm gonna get great at public speaking but if you could give a TED talk, which I know for many people is a dream, <gasps> what would it be on? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Oh my God, I need to figure that one out. I feel like Verity's got 75 things you want to do <laughs> one on, but you're not allowed, you're only allowed one to talk about one topic. No, I wonder if I'll ever figure out that one topic or if I'm going to be dead before I figure it out. Do you think you know yours, Cheryl? No, I, I don't. And this is the same. It's pretty similar. I think a few weeks ago where I spoke about a book, I think. But I think the TED talk is a. You don't like there's slightly two different things, because I feel like there's a I feel like there's a couple of books I could write. But your TED talk's meant to be like, it's your thing that like you get known for it. I'm like, I just don't know. So, yeah, I, it's definitely one that I'm going to spend a bit of time mm. thinking about because. Um, I am, you know, things are reopening. I'm definitely going to be doing more public speaking. But there's a difference between public speaking where, you know, it's one of 10 talks, whereas this, when it's like, this is your signature, this is what you get known for, et cetera. Yeah, it's the real heart of you, isn't it? Yeah. Like Ooh. if I could only be known for one thing. Oh. No. <laughs> oh my and my head just straight away goes to Brené Brown, vulnerability. That's a really good example of yeah. a TED talk that sort of made a career, didn't it? You know, and... Uh, yeah okay and Amy really Kudder, good though, her presence that was a TED talk yes yeah yeah good good question okay so there you let's go. all so, get thinking well both of us seem very like hot up on that question so I hope you listening at home or wherever you are walking around walking the dog on the treadmill I missed being up doing podcasts while I was on the treadmill that's the one thing I do <laughs> like, I'm not on it anymore so wherever you are thank you so so much for listening as always we are super grateful if you want to get in touch please do send us a dm at free and figuring it out on instagram or you can send us an email at free and figuring it out at gmail.com and we will be back next friday Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next instalment. And if you want to be a superstar, please leave us a review. Or you can get in touch with us. Drop us an email at freeandfiguringitout at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.